Welcome to Sharpen the Iron Podcast, where it is my job to share with you tools, lessons, inspiration, and ideas to help you sharpen your iron mind, empowering you to go out and walk with God day by day to maximize your life. Today we are talking about looking within. So what we're going to be exploring is this idea of looking within at the man in the mirror and why this is so important. This idea of looking within continues to reveal itself to me in almost all areas of my life, especially when I encounter problems, which problems are life. It's happening all the time, right? When I'm struggling with something, with anything really, or another person, my natural response I tend is to point the finger, right? As a human animal, that is my natural response. That's what the ego does. And when you think of the ego, you can imagine one big circle, and then somewhere in that circle, think of a little dot. You are the big circle, and your ego is that little dot. And I kind of stole this image of the ego from Stephen Pressfield, who stole it from Carl Jung, but that's the ego, that small thing in you. It's small, but it makes a lot of noise, because it is small. It's like a little dog that barks a lot. And I like to think that we all suffer from short man syndrome because of our ego, right? That small little part in you that is doing anything to try and help you survive because it wants to protect you, but it often gets in the way. It's that small, insecure self within that takes things personally, points the finger, casts blame, gets defensive, tries to make you think you are the victim or holy, righteous, you know, whatever it may be. It lies to you. The ego, as Ryan Holiday has written a whole book about, is the enemy. Is the, enemy. the ego blinds us. It makes us think we are holier than thou. That's the ego in a nutshell. But this ego is always manifesting itself in different ways in our lives. You know, you call it out for its BS one day and you finally begin to become aware of its tricks, so it no longer has the same power over you, but it just finds a new way to come through and manifest itself. But it's always that awareness of the ego that helps us know that we are no longer attached to the ego. So it's a weird paradox that it's only through the ego that you become aware of the ego. And something I've always personally wrestled with, and why I feel like this is something that I've come to know more recently is my life in my life is because I struggle with feeling sorry for myself, playing like the victim role, having that victim's mindset. And this happens in my life in very subtle ways, which makes it even harder at times to become aware of, right? Complaining is one of these ways that I noticed over the winter time that I really wanted to work on. Working outside in the winter time, I hate the cold. I'm a wuss in the cold, so I just find myself complaining. It's the ego. It's Make it's, it's when you complain, you're attached to the ego, you're buying into that victim's mindset. You know, you don't really think of it, but it's a very subtle way in which it gets us. And an example that I want to go with too is like, you feel someone else is out to get you. You've been done wrong by them. And so naturally it's their fault, right? You're somehow a victim at the mercy of this other person, right? This is what our ego tells us. And a weird, and again, another paradox, it's comforting too, right? We loathe ourselves in this 
It's comforting because if you're the victim, then it's not your problem. It's theirs. They need to change. And guess what? You're in the right if it's their problem, right? And we tell ourselves, holier than thou. I would never do such a thing. It's comforting, but it leaves us chained and imprisoned. It makes you feel like you have the high grounds, but really, if you're the victim, you're at the mercy of this other person who has done you wrong or is out to get you, in air quotes. And this is where the idea of going within yourself comes in. Now, I said earlier that the ego is the natural response of the human animal. It's a defense mechanism to protect you. It is trying to serve you, and it is serving you. But in a weird way as well, it's holding us back and blinding us, deceiving us in so many areas of our lives. And you can think of your earthly, your body, right? Your body, your flesh, your bones. It's this earthly thing. We came from the dust. Our bodies are made of the earth, and the earth is the body. The earth is the body that gives us life in a weird way. Our body gives our souls lives, our souls life. However, right, you're made up of earth, but also within us is heaven, right? Your, your mind, your brain is on the top of your body because heaven is higher than earth. Earth is this lower part. Earth is the lower half. Heaven is the higher half. And your brain, you have a brain, obviously. You can think of it as a soul, your soul even. Within you and at the heart of every phenomenon is these, it's the yin and the yang, heaven and earth, these dual elements alive within. And so these dual elements are always kind of working in creative tension. And I say creative tension, that's from Richard Rohr, because they're like, in a weird way, they're button heads like two opponents sparring, but it's creative tension. And they're weirdly growing through that sparring, through that tension. So the animal earthly part of us, the flesh, you could even say, lives for pleasure, power, sex, food, survival, all these things. But the heavenly part of you lives for things that are unseen, that are much deeper much deeper than just animal behaviors, right? A dog just lives in a way, sure, there's like, there's a weirdly heavenly deeper part to a dog and some animals because you can love them and animals can love, but for the most part, animals just move from that animal instinct of pleasure, power, sex, food, survival, you know, but when you're moving from a place of heaven, focusing not on things that are seen, but things that are unseen, you're focusing on things like love or mercy, compassion, just these much deeper things. You're moving. It's like you're, you are tapped into a higher level of consciousness, higher level of reality. When you're moving from the flesh, you're moving from the ego. But when you begin to move from your heart, you're moving from heaven. So the shift begins to take place within. And it is a process which takes time. And it's a never-ending journey. But instead of moving from the ego, the flesh, you begin to move from the spirit. And Paul tells us, whoever sows to please the flesh from the flesh will reap destruction, but whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life, right? Because the flesh and all these things that the flesh desires, they're going to let us down and they will lead to destruction. 
So it's when we begin to move from our hearts, when we begin to, and that's what happened with Christ, with Jesus. He, he, he overcame the three temptations of the body, right? Of power, when the devil tempted him in the desert. He, Christ was moving from his heart. He was a true man. And this is what happens. Instead of pointing the finger, when you feel like someone has done you wrong, you begin to look within at yourself. Because the external stumbling stone or stumbling block is a reflection of an internal problem. Something not, is not wrong with the world, but something in yourself it's a reflection of something within you that you have now the opportunity to work on once you become aware of it, right? If you take everything someone says to you personally, sure, that is an external stumbling block, but it is you who is taking what they are saying personally. Is that your problem or is it theirs? Sure, you can say it's their problem, but again, that's ego. Where is that ever going to get you if it's always your problem? So you're just going to forever be at the mercy of that? You're forever just going to take what they say personally. It gets you nowhere. You don't grow from that. And I get it, though. It's, it's the natural animal response. It's that first instinct to point the finger. But over time, as God transforms us inwardly, Romans 12, 2, he changes your heart and your mind. A change happens. Because if we continue to point the finger, it leaves us at the mercy of others. But when we begin to look in the mirror, the, change, the shift happens. We begin to look within ourselves. You know, why am I taking things they are saying personally? And when it becomes your problem, in a weird way, it gives you a purpose. It gives you something to work on. That stumbling stone can eventually become a stepping stone. You know, and it's like, what in myself am I not at peace with? And Carl Jung said, everything that annoys us and frustrates us about others teaches us something about ourselves, which is so cool. Because then we can learn about ourselves. And the more you know about yourself, the more you know thyself, like that is such an awesome journey to venture on in life. And it's like weird because, you know, when you are at the mercy, something in you is handing power over to this other person, which strips you of your freedom. And it's just this weird paradox as well, because, you know, we all want freedom yet we cling to slavery. We continue to go back to the things that chain us down. And this is a reoccurring story in the Old Testament, right? The Israelites were headed towards freedom, towards the promised land, but they kept coming back to thinking that being slaves in Egypt was better than where they were because they were wandering the desert. They, they were attached to their ego, and it kept bringing them back to that. You know, we want freedom, yet when we have the freedom to choose how we respond— we give it away, right? If you're taking something personally, you have the freedom to choose how you respond to that. Yet you're weirdly giving your freedom away by saying, I'm at the mercy of this other person by playing that victim's mindset. And this applies to everything, right? You see something or someone doing something that bothers you. It's also like looking within applies to everything, I should say. When you see someone doing something that bothers you, it's just reminding yourself that, hey, I do the exact same thing. You know, the speck you find in another only goes to reveal the log within yourself. And sure, maybe you don't do it to the same degree, but surely you do to some degree. This truth, it's humbling, right? The speck in the log that is directly from Jesus, from the word of God. It's the word of God. 
And we know that the word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as to divide soul, spirit, joints, and marrow. Right? That's what it says in Hebrews. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. But weirdly enough, it's another paradox, that sword cuts us away from our ego. It humbles us. It's painful because it, like, it cuts a part of you up. It forces a part of you to die. But it's also freeing because it is cutting you away from the bindings of the ego and the flesh, which is freeing you from slavery. Like God's chosen people are the people he's freed from slavery. And that's what the word of God does. But another example I want to bring up with looking within is that at times, and I was having a conversation with someone, they were saying that this other, pro, this other person acted weird towards them or they acted like they had a problem with them. You know, someone may act a certain way towards you that it makes it seem like you're the problem. But this still goes back to looking within, right? Did you do anything wrong to this person? And there's cases where it's like, no, you didn't do anything but by looking within, you can find peace in that, right? Because you know you didn't do anything. And assume that in this case, it isn't your problem, but it's theirs, right? And if someone is rude to you, instead of letting that get to you, just begin to look at things as a reflection of someone's character, right? If someone's a jerk, it has nothing to do with you, but it's a reflection of them, right? And this is hard, though, because if you're a conscientious person, you're more prone to guilt. So some, you'll just eat yourself up trying to figure out what you've done wrong. But you just have to find peace and, okay, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do my best. I didn't do anything wrong to this person. It's not my problem. But then another case, if you have a problem with someone, go within. Is it really their problem or is it actually yours? Because if it's theirs, you can't change that. But if it's your problem, then you're in control and you can do something about it. I heard this once from Jordan Peterson. Uh, this lady went to the doctor and was diagnosed um, with something. And she asked the doctor, is this my fault? And um, he was like taken aback about it. And she, he asked like, why? And she's like, well, if this is my fault, then I can do something about it. It's in my control, right? The power's in my hands. And something I just want, <clears throat> excuse me, I want to finish with is from Viktor Frankl. Every situation is determined by how you choose to respond to it, how you choose to see it. And this freedom can never be taken from you, right? Viktor Frankl was a psychoanalysis, psychiatrist, psychologist, whatever, and he went through the concentration camp, stripped of everything in his life, everything he's ever had, all materials, everything. But what he found to be true was that this last thing can never be taken from you. And that is how you choose to respond to each and every given situation. And so by continually looking within, we can choose how we respond to things. And if we don't like what we see in the world, we just change how we're looking at it, which paradoxically changes the world. So this is cool. And it's, it just takes time to continue to look within and it's when we aren't moving from the ego and the flesh anymore, but begin to move from our hearts and the spirit within. I just believe this is a task each and every individual can work on. And we can find the truth in ourselves, but it takes diligent practice, discipline, and humility. However, it's a great adventure, and it's one down out of love. And as you continue to improve yourself as an individual, you make those in this, your circle around you better, 
and there's just no limit to how far that can stretch. So thank you guys for listening. Continue to look within. It's not easy, but it's worth it. See you next time.